Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly uh, catch-up with my colleague Jason Durden, Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management at Alpha, uh, to take our last uh, commodity outlook for this calendar year. Jason, it's it's been a busy week, I gather. What's been happening on the power markets? Yes, Jeremy, very busy week on the power markets. We've had uh, sort of Northwest Europe has been uh, suffering from a lack of uh, uh, renewable wind. And uh, we have obviously been uh, experiencing some uh, pretty um, pretty significant spot prices, both in terms of day ahead prices and in terms of uh, system prices, you know, right across France, Germany, the Netherlands, and uh, obviously the UK. And so this is a, a an effect right across the uh, the European markets, as you say. I mean, some people say it's great news we've got interconnection with our adjacent markets. It's good for security of supply in the UK, but that does depend on there being some surplus power elsewhere. Uh, is there some uh, you know some spare capacity we're waiting to see coming on the stream elsewhere in Europe, or has pretty much everything come back after the summer maintenance period? Yeah, I mean, things look pretty robust. France's nuclear output is uh, stronger than um, was was indicated throughout much of the summer. In terms of the UK, we have got uh, some small short-term issues. Uh, I noticed that uh, one of the biomass boilers is off today, um, which is just, you know, in a tight supply scenario. Some of these things, you want to be able to have uh, maximum flex. But, you know, we are, the, the evidence is there. We are seeing coal pretty much flat out today in the UK. We've also got uh, open gas turbines operating and they only ever operate when uh, system prices are relatively high and that the grid is making it worth their while to operate. So, you know, the clues are there that the system at sort of 47 gig peak demand in the UK is uh, under a little bit of strain. I think you can't underestimate the fact that with the intermittent non-dispatchable power that, uh, uh, you know, is the uh, probably the, the panacea for the future, um, when that's in short supply across the whole of Northwest Europe, it really makes things difficult. Indeed, and it's difficult to see that battery storage or other technologies are easily going to come to our rescue in the foreseeable future, uh, or indeed demand response. You know, we're not going to get 15 gigawatts of demand coming in and out in response to price signals. But, you know, thinking in terms of, uh, uh, is this a glass half empty, glass half full situation? I guess an optimist will say, you know, National Grid, ESO and others have put out their warning signals to the market and the market has responded. That shows, yes, it's tight, but things are working working. Would you agree with that or do you think it's a little uncomfortably close in the short run? No, I think, you know, the market is performing as you'd expect the market to perform. I mean, these prices aren't um, aren't so outrageously high that they are, you know, cease operating sort of levels. 80 euros and 75, 80 pounds a megawatt hour for two or three days will not necessarily destroy an average for uh, a customer taking uh, taking some day ahead through through the month. Clearly, when the wind is blowing and we've got some uh, low low pressure, we regularly see prices in the 20s and 30s in Germany, and we'll see sub 40 in the UK. So, I think the market's working fairly well. But you know, it's a reminder to us all. 
that slot prices of £500 a megawatt hour, which we were seeing yesterday, they are almost by design. If you are, you know, if you are rushing and not replacing dispatchable power with uh, intermittent non-dispatchable power you are going this is a this is a consequence of your action and the market needs to be aware of that an important point for those who are on flexible contracts as you say to understand and um, presumably the uh, effect of these high spikes in the power market has um, put pressure on the gas market to some extent is is that right yeah, I mean, very supportive. The complex, you know, is particularly in the UK and uh, other gas-dependent power generators like uh, the Netherlands. Uh, what you'll tend to see is you'll tend to see that high power prices um, go hand in hand with higher demand for uh, for gas generation, which obviously is supported through you know higher demand for for gas supporting the price, but also in terms of trading, in terms of uh, spark spread trading, if you're selling your power at a much higher level, then you can afford to pay a bit more for your gas to defend your uh, your margins, and on that basis, it gives people a little bit more scope to uh, buy into gas. That said. You know, at 40, 41 pence uh, a therm, the gas price, uh, both in the UK and across Europe, is, you know, not unusual for this time of year. I mean, we've got very useless and very low summer prices through COVID, but uh, I'd say that um, we're not seeing anything sort of at 14 odd euros and 40 pence that is uh, eye-watering. So the gas market in pretty good shape, actually. I mean... You know, if we're, we're looking at where supply is coming from, we've actually got some gas coming through Vesterled at last. We've got great LNG continuing to come in from predominantly the US, but the odd cargo from Russia and uh, the uh, Caribbean. Uh, and the odd one I've noticed coming in from Africa as well. So the fact that we're not seeing energy come in from uh, Qatar, that's being diverted into a quite buoyant Chinese and Asian market at the moment. But, you know, the UK is in pretty good shape in terms of gas deliverability. So prices a little bit higher than perhaps we would have forecast. But, you know, they're not they're not the 70 and 80 pences that could be possible if we were seeing a replication of what's going on in the power market at the moment. Well, that must be a, a source of some relief, I guess, to, to, to big gas consumers. And I, I guess that, you know, the fact we've gone into this winter with gas storage being in quite a healthy state, at least for, for consumers, if not necessarily for, for gas sellers, um, that must be some element of uh, comfort as well. It gives a bit of a cushion there if there are some, some issues and deliverability of LNG at some stage during the winter. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing demand around about 350 at the moment, which, you know, you wouldn't expect to see too much more. Uh, you know, certainly the days of it being above 400 are uh, a few and far between. But at 350, the system looks in reasonably good shape at the moment. There's, um, you know, a, a broad spread of uh, uh, system today, I think, is sort of 20 MCM long. It's been long yesterday. It was long yesterday without a great deal of storage being uh, dispatched. There is some sp- storage withdrawal due today but you know as we look out the the wind picks up and the wind actually has been picking up from a low base of yesterday morning in the uk so actually 
the outlook in terms of a little bit of flex in the system. Sort of the this probably is the worst day of the week. We've got revised weather forecasts for next week showing um well I won't quite say t shirts and shorts, but uh, a significant improvement over where we were two or three days ago. So I think the issue really here is that the UK seems to have turned the corner already. Uh, the thing that's perhaps distorting prices uh, short-term prices is, is the is the scope of the short supply of wind uh, renewable energy across the whole of Northwest Europe, and, and that's just causing a general tightness across all of the interconnected markets. Well, let's hope the wind starts blowing again soon, which I'm sure it will do on average, if not necessarily on the individual days you need it. Anyway, the commodity we've not touched on yet is is carbon. You might think carbon would be heavily driven by what's happening in the power and gas markets, but uh, you know, I understand it's it's actually the political concerns about where where things are going in in Europe on carbon and climate change that may be rather more significant. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. The um, I mean, carbon is a very political. Uh, market and it's driven in the secondary market by the financial players and it certainly tends to behave uh, much more like a um, a financial proxy than a uh, commodity market. That said, um, we've got a few interesting bits. Clearly, high power prices and high demand for fossil fuels, whether that's open cycle gas turbines or running coal, is supportive. But the big driver right at this moment is the 9th of December is the options expiry the market is just under a massive level in the options the 30 euro strike price is going to create lots and lots of uh should we say volatility around the expiry of that option so a lot of positions changing either side of 30 euros which is exactly where this price is at the moment you know we're looking at 29.91 as we're putting this together in the market for december 20 so um, you know, there are technical and there are largely sort of supportive around this week's uh, e- uh, European uh, Council decisions. I think most of that is probably baked in the price, uh, perhaps some downside. We could see some downside to carbon if an agreement can't be announced and it's pushed into the long grass a little bit. But generally, I think in the immediate terms of this week, uh, Wednesday's expiry is the biggest uh, driver. And of course, we have the break for primary auctions. Last primary auction series is next Monday the 10th. And then the secondary market will be the source of all trading activity until after the Christmas and New Year break into January. So I suspect what we do tend to see in August and we see during the summer is we tend to see whenever there's a reliance on the uh, secondary market, we see some uh, supported prices, should we say. I wouldn't necessarily say overly uh, pushed higher, but um, you know, definitely supportive in terms of uh, market direction when there's no primary auction action. Well, it'll certainly be interesting to see how that situation develops uh, at a European level uh, over the rest of this week and and beyond. And of course, the last political uncertainty that could have an indirect or direct effect on the UK market, uh, the Brexit negotiations or the tail end of them, you know, leaving aside the final outcome of that, uh, whatever it might be. What are the concerns there as far as currency market volatility and what could that do to wholesale energy prices in the UK? Yeah. Jeremy, it's, um, you know, leaving the politics aside, it's all about the currency risk. The UK is in a competitive market and the 
competition is euro denominated um so in terms of gas prices five or ten percent movement in the currency will feed directly into the price of gas uh, and and power for that matter so um you know if the uk crashes out base cases we probably could see uh, a knee-jerk reaction down to parity on the euro that would you know add 10 percent into your gas price in sterling uh, almost uh, immediately i think probably a five percent devaluation from here and probably looking towards you know perhaps sterling over a period if a deal can be reached moving back towards the 120 highs we saw some time ago but in the short term the market being very sort of base case some weakness this week has seen market dip off of recent levels around 111 which is the 200 day moving average we're trading at 110 i think for me on the downside the key levels are 106 uh well 108 and then 106 um i, I think anything sort of around or below those levels is is just trading noise but it is something to be very aware of you know i think that the short-term impact of um, sterling being sold heavily would be to push up short-term gas prices for the rest of this winter quite significantly. Well, that's clearly a, a big risk. Uh, let's, it's going to be very interesting to see what, what happens there. Well, Jason, thank you so much uh, for taking us through all of that. Who knows whether it's going to be similarly interesting next, next year. Maybe some calm will have broken out by then. Uh, so thank you for that. If you're interested to find out more about these issues, uh, do visit our website at alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK. And we hope you join us for a podcast again soon. <laughs>